0: We've made it through Advent, we have seen the light, we have encountered a new way, a way in a manger, a way of hope and of peace, of joy and of love. And today is a call to rejoice, a call to find a way of celebration. Let us hear these words from Isaiah in the ninth chapter, beginning in verse 2, where we hear this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. You have made the nation great. You have increased its joy. They rejoiced before you as with joy at the harvest, as those who divide, plunder, rejoice. As on the day of Midian... You've shattered the yoke that burdened them. The staff on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor, because every boot of the thundering warriors and every garment rolled in blood will be burned, fuel for the fire. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. An authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be vast authority and endless peace for David's throne and for his kingdom, establishing and sustaining it with justice and righteousness, now and forever. The zeal of the Lord of heavenly forces will do this. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This metaphor of dark and light is one that the prophets often use. The darkness would describe the world as they knew it, and there would be an offer of hope in this metaphor of light, oftentimes God's light, that would transcend and cast out the darkness. And they would understand this far better than even possibly us, because they relied upon fire to light the night. And someone, probably the the prophets had done this multiple times throughout their lives, had to stand watch to make sure that the embers kept burning, or they had to to take on the task of starting a fresh fire, a hard way. The fire going out would not only make it dark, but cold. And the light brought about warmth. and vision. And someone had to keep watch. And as I mentioned, I'm sure that the prophets had all taken their turns keeping watch over the fires. From those long nights of waiting for daylight to relieve them of this task, of this burden, the prophets created this metaphor that has become so important in our world in our faith life, in our churches, in our worship, that there is a longing for the light. And Isaiah portrays his world as a world in the darkness, awaiting the dawn of a new day. And in that new day, Isaiah foretells of God's light shining in and through a new king a king yet to be born, a child who was born, who was to be king of his people in in a perilous time, in a time where things weren't as they should be, where it seemed like everything was in chaos and hurt, division and hate where there were powerful and hostile neighbors, where the inhabitants of his t- of this tiny country were filled with fear, the prospects for them were gloomy at best. When the young man who was to come to the throne, the court prophet Isaiah wrote this coronation poem for the event. Now, the king that uh, that came to the throne after this, was not who you would think it was. It was King Hezekiah, and and he did not live up to the hype, to put it mildly. He was not who they were hoping he would be. As Isaiah suggested, the young monarch had just been born and a king to be crowned. It was assumed that it would be the Son of God. And without ever naming him king, or naming the king, Isaiah proclaims that the king's reign will have this impact of far and wide. So significant will be his reign that that he can be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But that king did not fulfill. And then some 700 years later, a baby was born to a lowly mother in an obscure village named Bethlehem, on the far fringes of a powerful empire. It would have been madness to believe that such a child could ever make the impact that Isaiah had said. To, to make the impact on a world enamored with wealth and power and position, and this lowly child born in a manger is going to make the impact? Yet here we are. Gathered today, almost two thousand, over two thousand years later, in the name of that child. As far as Christians are concerned, God did in, the, in that simple village what we had always hoped would be done. He was raising up a child to do what needed to be done in a world filled by hate and darkness, shame and sin. There are many people who feel that those noble words of Isaiah uttered many centuries before are fulfilled by this child, born in a manger. More fulfilled by this child than any other who has lived before or since. For unto us, a child is born. Savior is given. Jesus is born and the eyes of the world are upon him. The shepherds come, the magi come. There is this longing in their eyes and in their hearts because they have heard of this prophecy of Isaiah. And a longing, not unlike the longing of those who stand watch over the fire, hoping, hoping for a new day dawning. It's a longing for a child to bring about the, the dawning of a new day that we don't have to stay as we are, but that he will rescue us from the darkness and bring us into the light. But what is the light? I'm reminded of a story that I heard that Henry Nowen told and he, he told this story about a rabbi who was exploring the moment when darkness ends and daylight begins. The, the, you know, trying to define that, that moment. And he was having a discussion with some of his students. And in this discussion, uh, one student suggested that night watch would end when there was enough light to distinguish between a sheep and a dog. But the rabbi was, was not convinced. He said, no, that, that's not enough. And then so another student offers the suggestion, what about, it happens when you can distinguish between a fig tree and a, and a grapevine. But the rabbi didn't like that one either. And finally, a student offers this answer. He says that the dawn begins when you can look into the face of a human being And have enough light to recognize them as your brother or sister. And until then, we still live in the night. And they all found this to be true. So, do we find ourselves living in the new day, in the light of Christ, where we can look into those around us and see our brothers and sisters in Christ? Or are we still living in the night? I am convinced that there is far more truth in that discussion than they even understood. For until we can look into the face of every human being and recognize them as our brothers or sisters, then we have not had the light of Christ in us, and we are still in the darkness. Our our text is is brought to those that have been oppressed and occupied by other rulers but we hear that the oppressed are heard that the rod of the oppressor is broken those who walked in the darkness are not left there but they will be led out of the darkness by the birth of this new king this is a message of hope and of comfort if we are willing to follow the light That how things are is not how they have to be. That a light is dawning. That a new day is coming. But so often the words of Henry Wadsworth Longfellow ring true. As he was listening to the ringing of the Christmas bells in Cambridge, Massachusetts in 1863, and he had this deep feeling, and he had some memories stirring up within him, uh, because it had only been about six months since the Battle of Gettysburg, where this nation was still mourning the death of so many during the Civil War, Longfellow's own young son had been wounded, and his thoughts turned to peace. And the words from Luke of peace on earth and goodwill towards men inspired him to write this beloved poem where he says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carol play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head, for there is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. You see, so often we hear these words of of Christ seeking to bring about peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And we look around and we do not see peace or goodwill. And strangely, even in this season, it, it seems even more rampant that we become more focused on self than other. We become so focused on, on worrying about our own individual wants and desires than the other. And peace becomes even harder to spot. But as Longfellow states, God is not dead. He does not sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right will prevail because a new day is dawning. The child called the Prince of Peace came to reconcile us to God and to one another. We are called to enter in to the light. As the new day dawns, we are no longer called to stay in the night, but we are called to see our brothers and sisters as we seek the light in our own hearts and minds. However, How decisive Christ is for the world depends on what He is in your own life and mind. This idea that, yes, we go, this is what is needed, but how has this light penetrated the way in which you live? Howard Thurman offers this quote that I will close with. He says, when the song of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the loss, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among sisters and brothers, to make music in their heart. Let us go forth seeking to do the work of Christmas, to usher in the light in a world that so often is dark. Amen and amen.